News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can email Pete at the show.com. I'm also on Twitter and Getter as well. Um, I have an account on Rumble, which is a YouTube competitor, and uh, they are offering not me $100 million for four years. No, they made the offer to Joe Rogan. He should take it. They got another video that just dropped from his stand-up routine from 06 where he mocked a disabled child. Like he did an impression as part of his stand-up routine. I've not seen it. Don't really care to. Yeah, so tw- almost 20 years uh, later. They're, yeah, This is, it. it it's, uh, their clout chasing is what uh, the takedown is about. So, yeah, that's going on. Let me jump over here to, yeah, to Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Welcome to the program. What's going on? Uh, I just have a COVID vac- or testing story I thought I'd tell you about. All right. Uh, first of all, my wife and I have both had three shots from Pfizer here in Charlotte. Uh, I have a brother who is a chemical engineer, worked for Procter & Gamble, several places in the U.S., now lives in Malaysia, where he's been for 15 or so years. In any case, uh, he calls me. We talk a couple times a year. He called me this morning to say happy birthday. My birthday was yesterday. But in any case, we talk about a variety of subjects. One of them is clearly the virus and what it's doing in the U.S. He said COVID is fi- the Omicron version has finally gotten to Southeast Asia. Uh, in Malaysia, 92% of the people are vaccinated relative to getting a test. He says, my daughter who lives in Cincinnati waited two hours in line and got tired of waiting for a test and gave up and went home. Mm-hmm. My brother in Malaysia says the tests are readily available in Malaysia. Anyone can get one at any drugstore, any grocery store. Most retail stores will have piles of them, 100 to 200 on the shelf, a dollar a piece. Readily available. Easy to get a test. No lines. You just go to your corner store and buy one for a buck and do it yourself. Uh, he says the tests are all made in China, but nevertheless, mm. the ones we're getting are probably coming from China also. So the question is, why are we waiting in line for five hours or two hours or any other time as opposed to being able to go to your grocery store? Who wants to get one for free where you wait in the mail for two weeks to get it? You know, I got a dollar to spare. Uh, people that have had three tests are still getting Omicron. Why can't I go to my local Walgreens and CVS and pay a buck and buy one right off the shelf? Where why don't they have a hundred well, on the shelf like they do in Malaysia? What yeah, is I wrong don't... with our government that they are so incompetent, so lack of foresight that they don't anticipate that if you're going to do testing, you need to have test kits? It's not that a tough a concept. It's pretty straightforward. You can't do testing without having something to do the test with. In Malaysia and other parts of the world, they have lots of testing. Why do we have the problem? That's my that's my question, and that's. Well, my you, but you answered that, your uh, yeah you but you answered your question. Yeah. Yeah. I think the answer is that we just have gross incompetence uh, in the Biden administration that uh, can't demand tests and then not see that. Uh, the facilities with which to do the test don't exist in the United States. They might exist in other places in the world. Yeah, Malaysia I'm, has tons of them. I don't. Yeah. So I mean, I, we are. 
Yeah, I don't know enough about the Malaysian model to compare it. I appreciate the call, Bruce. I don't know, I, I, so I cannot speak with any kind of uh, uh, knowledge of that. But it, it's not surprising that some countries are going to be uh, better at it than we are. I mean, heck, the bar's not that high. Right. So, um, yeah, and I don't know where all of the tests come from. There was, I mean, there's a lot to unpack out of all of that. I don't know uh, what the Malaysia government is doing. I don't know what their supply chain. I mean, they are closer to the source where the things are getting made. So, I know I appreciate the call, though, Bruce. Thanks so much. Um, All right. So, the the uh, North Carolina State Supreme Court late Friday issued its order. on the redistricting maps and they say it violates the North Carolina Constitution because the maps that the Republicans drew deprive voters of his or her right to substantially equal voting power on the basis of partisan affiliation so this is now a brand new uh, right that the four Democratic judges on the state Supreme Court have uh, have discovered in our state constitution, that we all have a right to substantially equal voting power on the basis of our partisan affiliation. By the way, it's only about like, I think it's somewhere around 14,000 votes now that unaffiliated, they pick up 14,000 extra votes or or voters, I should say, 14,000. They will become the biggest group by party registration in the state. Showing, this is the order again, showing that a reapportionment plan makes it systematically more difficult for a voter to aggregate his or her vote with other like-minded voters. I love that, too. Like, because it is represented by these two parties that somehow or another, right? Like, because, you know, would be a really good way for Democrats to get um, to get support and win seats. You know, would be a good way to do it appeal to republicans seriously yeah 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 like actually like be a registered democrat but you know be pro-life be pro-second amendment like you could have these positions that you would align with the republican party and then you would be more likely especially in rural areas you'd be more likely to challenge and win those seats but what democrats are essentially arguing is that they shouldn't have to try to win those voters over they should just be able to uh essentially gerrymander from urban areas and have them stretch out into the rural areas so the rural areas become governed by the urban representatives by the city folk right um they say uh, it can be measured uh, either by comparing the number of representatives that a group of voters of one partisan affiliation can plausibly elect with the number of representatives that a group of voters of the same size of another partisan affiliation can plausibly elect. So that this is one of their, their testing methods, right? So if you've got, like, let's just say there's a party, and let's just say they begin with the letter D, and then there's another party, and they begin with the letter R, and they're about the same size... And do they get the same number of representatives? So that's a proportionality argument. Or you could compare the relative chances of voters from each party electing a supermajority or majority of representatives under various possible electoral conditions. 
uh, suffices to establish the diminishment or dilution of a voter's voting power on the basis of his or her views. Here, the trial court specifically found that the General Assembly diminished and diluted the voting power of the voters affiliated with one party on the basis of party affiliation. Achieving partisan advantage incommensurate with a political party's level of statewide voter support is neither a compelling nor a legitimate governmental interest. So this is their argument for proportionality. Even though the plaintiffs specifically said they're not arguing for proportionality. And even though the court does not say that word and does not use that as the test. But that's what they're, that's what they're spelling out here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. North Carolina Supreme Court telling the legislative body, the General Assembly, to submit to the trial court, which is the lower court, by the way, which is the two Republicans, one Democrat uh, Superior Court judges panel uh, that made the initial ruling. The state Supreme Court says that the General Assembly has to submit to the trial court in writing, along with their proposed remedial maps, an explanation of what data they relied on to determine that their districting plan is constitutional, including what methods they employed in evaluating the partisan fairness of the plan. They also say, yeah, you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to use race and partisan um, information. So the two things the Democrats sued Republicans for using in years past, they are now suing and the court is saying you have to use those things that we told you you shouldn't use before. It's almost as if it's almost as if there isn't a standard except get more Democrats in office. All right, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Here is Jonathan. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for taking my call, Pete. Certainly. Hey, uh, two things. I wanted to talk about the gerrymandering thing, but I also wanted to talk about that previous caller who was talking about the test being available in Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, first of all, on the gerrymandering thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I dare say virtually everyone would agree that gerrymandering for the purpose of making it easier for any particular person or party get their candidates elected is wrong. If it's done specifically for that reason. So all the things that you're talking about, about motivations and all that stuff, that's all well and good. But really what it all boils down to is gerrymandering is wrong. When so well, Demo- so hang on. So you need to define... So you're defining gerrymandering as... Any process that draws a map to benefit a political party? No, I'm saying gerrymandering that's done for the purpose of benefiting any particular party is so, wrong. So don't so don't draw the lines for partisan uh, using partisan data. You would you would ignore all partisan data. No, I don't know that I would agree with that. I mean, people deserve to be, well, they deserve to not be disenfranchised. Right. So, okay. Well, so uh, what, so what you're, what you're angling there for is what are fair maps, right? You, 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 you need to define for me what it is. And this is the problem. 
define for me what is a fair map. Yes, what is that, is that a proportionate a map? That, that's a fair question, and unfortunately, riding in my car and having only just turned you on and listened to you, I have not researched this, mm-hmm. so I'm not in a position to comment on that. Well, no, it, I want, I'm not asking for a technical explanation or anything. I'm just like, just like, what, what you when you say fair, what does that mean? Well, I mean, I mean, people being uh, being uh, not disenfranchised, people being placed in a position where the needs of their community, whatever it may be, and however you may define it, are recognized. How do you, how would one even, but how... Let me give you an example. In other words, if you've got a large geopolitical area that is specifically of a certain race or religion or whatever, and you take it, and you carve it up into four little pieces mm-hmm. and attach each small piece to a larger area that's a different geopolitical area, mm-hmm. that's wrong. Well, you're, so you're saying then that if whatever, because you're mixing the race with a, with a religion and partisan ID. So what you've just described well, then is sort of I'm a cracking. A, a geopolitical area or group could be anything. It could be a race, could be religion. I know, be I, 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 I'm aware of that. I, I'm aware of that. What you've described is what's called cracking, right? Where you have a you have a group of people and you split them up and you crack them so you send them into different districts so as to uh, dilute their ability to uh, uh, to get a candidate of their you know ostensibly whatever the race or religion or party ID right so what you are outlining then is partisan affiliation as a protected class. I just want to be clear, like that's that's the standard you're actually articulating. That well, we treat say, party ID party now the same as we treat that. race. What? I said you're you're articulating a standard whereby we treat party affiliation the same way we treat race. Well, maybe, maybe so. I don't know. Anyway, let me get back to my original point. My original point is gerrymandering is wrong. How we go about fixing that, I'm not really sure what the answer is. All I can tell you, though, is that if the state legislature is run by Democrats, there's a good chance you'll have gerrymandering taking place that will be uh, not in the best interest of your average Republican. True. If Republicans control the, the state legislature, you'll get the exact same effect. So I think what people need to focus on is the fact that We need to get away from gerrymandering. Where the districts are drawn should not be done for the benefit of any one particular person. And that sounds, but Jonathan, that's yeah. All right, and uh, and then I got I got to I got to go to news. And I I appreciate the sentiment, but that is it's not entirely helpful because you haven't defined how to go about correcting this issue because you're talking about a process that is by its very nature inherently political and if you are going to now attach protected class status onto partisan affiliation look i mean i was joking about it last week there are a lot of people that are going to start uh pursuing like hey why not hate crimes legislation too i know there are a lot of people wearing trump hats that got beat up a couple of years ago right got assaulted at rallies and the like 
All right, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. I think it is incumbent. I mean, look, I appreciate uh, Bruce's sentiment, the, you know, drawing a line saying we should all agree gerrymandering is wrong. Okay, this is like defining pornography, right? The famous court case and the, the judge was like, you know, I'll know it when I see it, right? What is gerrymandering? Yes, you can find and you can conjure up is even easier really obvious examples the classic example was north carolina's own uh what was it the the 12th yeah the 12th uh, the numbers have changed so many times but the 12th district that ran this was mel watts district that ran from you know charlotte all the way to greensboro and at certain points was only as wide as i-85 literally followed the interstate all the way up those are maps that democrats drew in order to create a district for mel watt to win and people looked at that and they they got sued over it and they had to redraw it and people looked at it uh and said that's obviously a gerrymander right the problem now is though that you can get really uh really down to the 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 house level, the street level, right? The computer programs are better. So you can use all of these things in order to give yourself just enough to win in enough races. And it's a harder thing to do for Republicans than it is for Democrats. Because a Democrat, like like the gerrymander you're going to see, it basically, and take Charlotte, it would be sort of a... Uh, uh, like a pie wedge look, right? You would have uh, like a sliver of Charlotte that kind of comes out from the city limits where you got a lot of registered Democrats and it would expand out into the rural areas. So when you so when you say like, well, all right, you don't want to have gerrymanders because they're bad and you're splitting up a group of people, whatever that group of people is, I don't know. I mean, how do you say like, so what, half of the registered voters you're talking about, Democrats? All right, so... In principle and in theory, okay. Now, how do you make that work in practicality? How do you do that? Because I can think of certain ways to draw districts and make them look compact and give myself a little bit of extra cushion, right? I, and, and what about this? What if I don't crack the counties or these districts as uh, Bruce was describing, that was cracking. The other side of that coin is packing, where then you put too many people of a similar uh, attribute, you put too many people in a district, and so their votes are more than enough to always ensure that they're going to elect one of their own, whether it's a party affiliation or religion or ethnicity, whatever. You've now packed into a district, okay, but now that's not allowed either, because you can basically take everybody from an area, push them all into one district, and there you go. There's your one district, and then we get all the rest around it, right? So you do need some cracking, but not too much. And you do need some packing, but not too much. So what's too much? Right? This is the rub. This is the problem. How do you define what is fair? And who makes that call? All right, let me jump over here to Joe. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hello, this is your old buddy, Joe, from a long time ago. You remember me? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm fine. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate that conversation you have with that prior caller there about, you know, and trying to get to the specifics. It's always the, the specifics that make, make a difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was wanting to mention, well, two things. One is the... Uh, Fact is, I'm an independent voter. So mm-hmm. if that guy, if the court is going off for of proportionality, how in the world do they represent me? There, I think. Well, and I don't know. They have. They don't have not given us any explanation for it. So I'm guessing it's going to be based off of some tabulation of the total votes for Democrats and Republicans at the legislative levels. Total, I guess. Hmm. Another point of it, though, is, you know, these courts, you know, they rule the day, and they're partisan as can be, and that's just, to me, you know, where the real problem lies, and the fact that we have no standards, as you were saying, to basically say what is, you know, what is fair, and because it's always, well, you know, my group wins, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And that just to me is, you know, because we're a society of, we have no, well, we used to have a biblical standard of doing to others as you'd have them doing to you, but that's gone by the wayside at least two decades ago. Well, and, uh, well, I would say, though, that, I mean, we've been, uh, they've been redistricting like this for ever you know i mean ever since they were drawing i mean like the gerrymandering right that came from elbridge jerry or gary whatever his last however he pronounced it right and it looked like a salamander and that's why they gave it that well, name it's fact, been going on for yeah, a long time and i remember the republicans and i agreed with them and i sent money to find help finance the court cases mm-hmm. you know about that for uh what was that what was what was the name of that representative for that mel watt yeah mel watts mm-hmm and then the Republicans drew it again because they were told, you know, leave that there by the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And then we left it there, and then they said, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you this know, is the, I mean, yeah. it's, again, it's all engineered to elect Democrats, and that's just, to me, is wrong. You know, that's as partisan as can be. And when it's not, you know, instead of putting in there, in that case, it was not just elected Democrat, but a black Democrat. Right. Well, and, and then you get into the Voting Rights Act and all of that and the protections in there. Uh, and so, right. So, like, the the, the 12th District, uh, the long history with that district is nuts. But, yeah, the problem is that there is a there is a constantly shifting set of standards handed down by various courts. And this is what... You know, Judge Samuel Alito wrote about this, like, you guys, you keep making up these rules at every new case that comes to us out of North Carolina, and you're not giving lawmakers clarity on how to draw them. If you want them to draw something and you say this is going to be for fairness sake, then say it. What is it? Tell us the standard. But even now, the judges don't do that. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, Pete Callender Show. I'm Pete. I got an email from Austin to Pete at Pete, loyal listener here. Matter of fact, you inspired me to get a degree in political science. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Austin, why? <laughs> I have a question on how to fix gerrymandering. Could we change the state constitution to be similar to the U.S. Constitution? Could each county 
get one or two Senate seats and a certain number of representatives based on population. Just curious as to your input. Um, that is generally the case. There, were, Yeah, that is generally the case. There are county groupings uh, because you, you, the first principle is that they all have to be the same size population-wise, all of the districts. they got to be the same size. Uh, but the, one of the other criteria is to keep counties whole. So if you've got a, and some counties are, I think Lincoln County is like within the margin of error. It's the right size for, uh, for an even population county or district rather for the, I think for state Senate, um, but maybe the house, I forget. Uh, but there are rules that are in the constitution. These were all adopted. I, I still, I, yeah, I'm way behind on where I should be. I always think I'm going to get further along on this stuff than I do. Uh, I over prep. So let me uh, let me get to uh, uh, well to answer your question. We can amend the Constitution, and I would be interested in doing so if people can present to me some ideas, a plan. And I'm not buying the independent redistricting commission crap. I'm just not because everywhere that you guys do that, you corrupt those commissions. So give me some criteria. And then pass it through the legislative body. Build support for it. Because Republic, there are Republicans that would sign on for it. And you can make that a campaign uh, uh, platform and, you know, try to uh, shame people or convince people, persuade them into agreeing with you. Yeah, I mean, that's how you build a coalition and you build support for a measure to pass. That's how you do it. That's what the system is supposed to be. You guys don't want to do that. So... All right. Uh, Chief Justice Newby, Paul Newby, writing in dissent from the uh, four Democratic judges. Newby is the Republican. He said, I dissent from the decision of the court, which violates separation of powers by effectively placing responsibility for redistricting with the judicial branch, not the legislative branch as expressly provided in our Constitution. As predicted by the Supreme Court of the United States, this court's decision results in an unprecedented expansion of judicial power. Quote, judicial action must be governed by standard, by rule, and must be principled, rational, and based upon reasoned distinctions found in the Constitution or laws. Judicial review of partisan gerrymandering does not meet those basic requirements. Okay? By choosing to hold that partisan gerrymandering violates the state constitution and by devising its own remedies, there appears to be no limit to this court's power. Our state constitution is our foundational document for government. Its text reflects the expressed will of the people. The will of the people is best served and everyone's rights are best protected when the plain language of the constitution is followed. Recognizing special rights to one favored person or group invariably diminishes the rights of others. So what the Democrats on the court are trying to do is to create essentially a protected class status for Democrats and kind of Republicans too, but mainly for Democrats. That's the point. They're not interested in making sure that libertarians get a proportionate represent, uh, uh, representation. No, no, no. They're not, they're not uh, setting out a precedent here for like city council to make sure that you get at least four Republicans on the Charlotte City Council. No, 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 no. That's different. See how oh, that city, those are municipal races. Like, seriously, if Republican uh, groups are not right now trying to prepare 
lawsuits to challenge every single district map in every single Democrat city. I don't know what you're doing. Seriously, this, you you have you've got to fight on the terms and you know in the arena that they're fighting you in. The legislative, executive, and supreme judicial powers of the state government shall be forever separate and distinct from each other, according to the Constitution, uh, essentially a function of the separation of powers. A court should not review questions better suited for the political branches. This court must refuse to resolve a dispute when the Constitution commits the issue to one branch of the government and, here's the key, when satisfactory and manageable criteria or standards do not exist for judicial determination of the issue. There are no criteria that have been submitted. Nobody knows what the criteria are. Not even the Democrats. They did their press conference today, and they don't even know. Um, He goes on to say, partisan consideration in redistricting is both constitutionally committed to another branch of government, and it's lacking in satisfactory legal standards. Thus, a claim for partisan gerrymandering presents a non-judiciable political question. In other words, we shouldn't be taking this up. The General Assembly's redistricting authority is checked by the people through express constitutional provisions as interpreted by the court. He goes on to say, uh, our Constitution subjects redistricting by the General Assembly to only four limitations. Right? These are the four... uh, and to, well, it, as outlined, like the compactness, the whole county, one man, one vote, like these things are in the Constitution. Partisan gerrymandering is not mentioned nor forbidden. The issue has only two legitimate avenues for reform, a statute or a constitutional amendment. That's it. As such, unless and until the people alter the law to either limit or prohibit the practice... This court is without any satisfactory or manageable legal standard and thus must refuse to resolve such a claim. But really, why follow the plain text and its meaning when we can conjure up a brand new standard that benefits us, you know, based on a brand new interpretation of heretofore, uh, you know, mutually understood and agreed upon definitions that we all understood these things before? This is why I said earlier, like, Democrats used this redistricting process and gerrymandered for partisan uh, benefit for themselves, and by the way, are still doing so in states they control right now as we speak in order to try to preserve their slight majority at the uh, House of Representatives in D.C., right? They're trying to do these very things right now. So, no, I don't believe that there is some principled stand for nonpartisan gerrymandering. They are engaging in it all across America. A majority of the court, however, tosses judicial restraint aside, seizing the opportunity to advance its agenda. There is no express provision of the Constitution supporting the decision of the majority. There is no showing that the enacted redistricting plans are unconstitutional beyond a reasonable doubt. A summary pronouncement by the majority to the contrary does not make it so. He says it empowers the courts to supervise the legislative power of redistricting arising from complaints of partisan gerrymandering, calls it a clear usurpation of the people's authority alone to amend their own constitution. 